It's my honor and my privilege to go ahead and welcome here this morning. And uh, Pastor Chuck, you may go ahead and make your way up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go ahead and give him a pause this morning. God bless everyone. Uh, just want to thank the Lord for my salvation. I thank him for his keeping power. I thank him for loving me, keeping me, answering all my prayers, even if they don't seem like, you know, <laughs> they, I'm supposed to be asking them, but I ask them. Uh, <laughs> and he grants me them things. So I, um, I just... Just thank him. Just love him. I do everything in my power that I'm supposed to do for him, um, with him, and all those other things. <laughs> God bless everyone this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It never fails. And she gets to church, she don't have much to say, but she does plenty of talking at home. I, know, I don't know how that works out. <laughs> Amen. I want to thank God for my salvation and thank the Lord for just the privilege of uh, being able to be here with you this morning uh, to share God's love and God's word with you. Um, my name is, of course, Pastor Chuck Turner, and uh, I minister as an evangelist under the uh, under my uh, Destiny and Courage Ministries is the uh, brand that I minister under as an evangelist. So uh, for some of you, I don't know many of you, there are probably some of you who are familiar uh, with Destiny and Courage Ministries. Um, I have a YouTube channel, and uh, I started putting out weekly videos uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, when everything shut down, God put it in my heart to start doing uh, videos. And so I started putting them out once a week, but they're usually videos maybe only between 15 and 20 minutes or so uh, where I have an opportunity to minister. And, uh, and as I started doing that, I didn't know how far God was going to take it. Uh, but tomorrow, because I do it every Monday, tomorrow will be episode 74. Praise the Lord, 74. And so, man, it's been 74 weeks of uh, continuing to minister uh, and to just share God's love over the uh, through the Internet. I post it on Facebook as well as on YouTube. And uh, so I would like to encourage some of you, man, if you, if you have YouTube on your phone there, you could just take your phone, go on to YouTube, and you search Destiny and Courage TV. Now, that's destiny and the little symbol for Anne, which is an ampersand. Uh, hallelujah. Might have helped somebody today. Uh, but anyway, destiny, the ampersand, courage, TV. And then you can just subscribe to that YouTube channel, and then you'll get notifications every week. To say, oh, you know, Pastor Chuck's got another video coming out. Uh, so you'll be able to follow that. And you can share those videos with your friends and your family and allow God to minister to their hearts as well. Uh, we'll also make mention that uh, God has been doing some great things through Destiny Encouraged Ministries. We've been, uh, me and my wife, we've been very busy here over the last couple of months or so. We were just earlier uh, in the month. And we were down in, we were over in Brawley. I don't know if you know where Imperial Valley is. Brawley, it's down there almost to Mexico. It's like way down there, about an hour from the uh, Arizona border, as well as really, really close to uh, Mexico as well. But we were down there for a three-day revival. Man, it was hot down there. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord, it was hot. It's like uh, about 118 degrees when we got there. I said, I don't know how these people live down there. Praise the Lord. You know, it's hard to believe, but there is a place hotter than that. Amen. It's, uh actually in Arizona. Amen. So, but, uh, we had a great time down there with them. And then we were also in Indio 
Uh, we had been, man, we were there in Brawley area for that three days. And I think by the time we left, it had, it was down to about 112. And then when we got to Indio, it was a frosty 109, you know. So, man, it was just, <laughs> it had, had to put on my little bunny slippers, man. So, uh, but it was nice. We had a great time down there, uh, man, just ministering there. Uh, last weekend, we were with an Assemblies of God church here in the San Fernando Valley uh, called the Connect Church. And God does some great things there. Uh, as we're continuing on, man, next, I think this this week will be uh, uh, Thursday. We're going to be doing a marriage seminar over in North Hollywood. Um, also, uh, uh, we're going to be going to West Covina this month. And then as well, I'll be ministering in Cincinnati, Ohio towards the end of this month. So I'm really excited about that. I'm from Ohio, so it'll be my first time actually preaching in Ohio. So, uh, so I'm really, really excited about that. But God is doing some great things through our ministry. And uh, also, uh, as many of you know, that God has also allowed me to become a published author. And so I've written four books. And uh, praise the Lord. That's the place to clap at. Come on now. Somebody can say... They're out there like, ah, so what? You know? <laughs> but uh, we have four books. Uh, um, they will be, and some, I did bring some of my materials with me. I have some books. Uh, also have uh, some masks, praise the Lord. I know we're tired of wearing masks. I am too, but since I'm wearing them, I might as well be styling, bless the Lord. And uh, so we have some nice Destiny Encouraged masks right there. Really, really soft fabric too, man. These are uh, really, really nice. Uh, and uh, so we'll have those available afterwards. We have some pens. I also have a music CD, but uh, unfortunately, my distributor, I won't be actually getting them until tomorrow. But I will tell you this. If any of you are interested and you say, hey, Pastor Chuck, I love gospel music. I want to get one of those CDs. You can pre-order it with me. And uh, just like you would do if you were ordering it online, uh, you can pay for it. We'll give us your name and address, and I'll be happy to ship that thing right to you as soon as I get it. Uh, but we have our books back there, uh, Destiny Encouraged books, uh, Destiny Encouraged Journey, which is about autobiography. Uh, we have a book, Destiny Encouraged for Your Marriage. Any married people in here? Praise the Lord. Destiny Encouraged for Your Marriage. Then we also have Destiny Encouraged for the Christian Life, which is a book that really just develop, uh, helps uh, uh, in Christian growth, lessons on the road to maturity. And then my fourth book is called The Case of the Prosthetic Parishioner. I get that same response everywhere I go when I say that title, uh, you know, so I'm not shocked or hurt, you know, but, uh, but it's really more of a prophetic book. And uh, it has to do with uh, a, a prosthetic is an artificial limb, as most of us are very, very familiar with that word. And a parishioner is a church member. Uh, so it basically has to do with God having a case against a person who becomes like an artificial limb on the body of Christ. Because the Bible says that we're all members of the body of Christ. And the, and the Greek word for member actually means a body part or a limb. And so, you know, we want to be as a limb on the body of Christ. We want to be a fully functional, completely beneficial limb. Can I get a witness? Amen. We don't want to become, we, we, we don't want to start off beneficial. You know how you, when you first get saved, you're all excited. You do everything. You go to prayer meetings, you know, you out witnessing, serve, heal the sick, feed the poor, all that. But sometimes after people have been beneficial for a while, they get superficial. You know, and it's like they know they could do it, but they ain't going to do it. I used to do that, but I don't do that stuff no more. You know, the problem is you stay superficial too long, then you become artificial. Glory to God. You know how artificial stuff is. It looks so good. You know, artificial things you can't even tell sometimes are artificial unless you read the label. I didn't know this was fake sugar. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, but if you mess around and get, if you go from being beneficial, you become superficial, you get all the way down to artificial, there is a path back to being beneficial. How many want to know what that is? Okay, you have to buy the book. I'm not giving that up. So, 
see our wife afterwards. No, but we'll have our table out there, and you can stop by and visit us. We pray that you'll uh, come and just uh, be able to support our ministry. But we're grateful to be here and uh, just want to thank God for everything that he's doing in our lives. Praise the Lord. Brother Harold. Praise God. Amen. A lot of good stuff. Amen. A lot of good stuff. So uh, he'll be having his stuff out there. Amen. Right there in the foyer. Amen. As we, when we, uh, later on, when we dismiss from the service, I encourage you, man, these are good books. Amen. I believe you have some CDs too. CDs. Amen. And I encourage you to go ahead and get that, you know, that's good material, good stuff. Amen. It will help you. Amen. It will minister to you, the books. Because not only God is able to minister through prayer, but he's also able to minister through books as well. How many believe that here this morning? Amen. So uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and take up a, a special offering, amen, for Pastor Chuck and his ministry. I believe it's, uh, he shared on his, um, the mask, amen, he's got D.C. He was in D.C. before too, Washington, amen. Praise God, amen. So we're going to go ahead and take up that special offering. So let's go ahead and uh, let's pray for his uh, ministry. Keep his ministry in prayer as well. Amen. And his family. Amen. There's a lot of a lot of things. Amen. Like uh, Sergio was saying, there's a lot of things that we can pray for. Amen. A lot of things. So I encourage you. Amen. To always keep that in heart. Amen. Pray for uh, our pastors as well, amen. You know, you know, me, pastor, it's not easy, amen. It's it's very, it's, there's a lot of things involved, amen. So let's always remember that. Keep them in prayer and uh, and keep each other in prayer as well, amen. Let's, let's go ahead and pray for the offering this morning. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you once again, Lord, that we take this opportunity, Lord, and this privilege, Lord, to, Lord, to pray, God, for this special offering, Lord, for destiny and courage, Lord. We pray, God, that you would just, Lord, place it and set it in people's hearts, God, to give, Lord, even even more, Lord, uh, to help support, God, um, the ministry, Lord, of destiny and courage. Father, we pray for Pastor Chuck and his family. We lift them up as well. God, continue to give them the strength, the courage, and the wisdom, Lord God, to continue, God, to do the, go the good work that you call them to do, Father. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, and we give you all praise and all glory because it all belongs to you, Lord. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen, amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you as you go ahead and give amen this morning. And now it's, uh, how many are ready to, ready to receive here this morning? Amen. Like I said, open up your hearts. Let your hearts be open. Let your ears be open and see what God has for each and every one of us here this morning. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's my honor and my privilege to go ahead and call Pastor Chuck. Amen. Let's go ahead and give him a good applause this morning. Amen. As he makes his way through. Amen. Well, praise the Lord once again. I thank God for my salvation. I want to also thank the Lord uh, for... Uh, Pastor Jerry and Sister Julie for their gracious invitation, uh, allowing me to be here, and also for their friendship. Uh, man, it's kind of, I, I was telling my wife, I said, it's kind of funny, because we, we, we were just here on Wednesday. And so I was like, man, I was just here Wednesday night, and I'm back Sunday. I said, I feel like the substitute pastor. So praise the Lord. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if there is such a thing, <laughs> but I said, hey, praise the Lord, man. You know, I, I'm, but I'm so grateful 
uh, to your pastors and their friendship. They're just really beautiful, beautiful people. You guys are so blessed, man. You guys have some of the best pastors. Amen. Give you, come on, you guys. You know, I get a chance to travel and to go to a lot of different churches, and I meet a lot of different pastors, a lot of different, all great men and women of God. And I tell you, you know, you guys have really, really quality individuals that the Lord has placed here at this church to uh, to shepherd this congregation. And so you guys should be grateful for that. Amen? Be grateful for that because uh, not every church is fortunate enough to have uh, high caliber, uh, experienced, uh, you know, man and woman of God like Pastor Jerry and, and, uh, and his beautiful wife, Sister Julie. So we do thank God for that. Amen. Once again, man, I am so grateful for the Lord. Uh, saving my life and rescuing me. For those of you, I know many of you uh, were friends and some of you, you have already known me. There are many of you that today, this is the first time you're ever getting a chance to meet me and you're saying, wow, you know, this guy is handsome and uh, he's got a really uh, sexy voice and, uh, you know, no. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, but I am just, uh, I, I got saved about 34 years ago. Uh, I was a young man uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol and all those things, running the streets uh, with no direction and no purpose in my life. And, uh, and I got saved actually through, uh, through Victory Outreach Ministries. As Brother Harold mentioned, uh, he and I were in the uh, Christian recovery home together <laughs> many, many years ago. And so uh, that's where I got saved. That's where I came to know the Lord. Uh, did not really know that I was going to be a full-time Christian. Uh, Y'all don't hear me though. <laughs> I wasn't really looking for like a full-time thing. Uh, I was thinking part-time, you know, Sundays only. And, uh, <laughs> but who knew? You know, God had a great plan for my life. And by his grace, uh, I ended up, man, just getting completely and radically changed. And, uh, man, it was really a challenge for me uh, coming into a ministry like Victory Outreach. Uh, Victory Outreach Ministry, for those of you that don't know or do know, uh, Victory Outreach Ministry is predominantly uh, Mexican. In case y'all noticed, I ain't. You hadn't noticed. <laughs> but yeah, especially, man, 34 years ago, wow. I mean, now it's a lot more diverse, but uh, at that time it really wasn't. And uh, so it was a big, big challenge for me uh, moving out here to the San Fernando Valley from Pasadena, Altadena area where I live, predominantly black communities where I had grown up at. And they brought me out here and I said, man, they done dropped me off in Mexico. And uh, what kind of stuff is this? It's like, man, there ain't even no black people living out here. And uh, so, you know, I had to learn to get used to everything and new culture, uh, you know, learn, man, all of the new food. I, I, you know, I didn't really know that much about Mexican food, not really, uh, when I first came in. I mean, I knew like burritos and tacos. And that, that was kind of like it, you know. Then I came out here, man. I got over here to this church, man. And I got there, man. And all of a sudden it was like, man, everything we eat, <laughs> If it ain't in a tortilla, it's on a tortilla, or it comes with a tortilla. It's like, you can't get away from that tortilla no matter what you do, man. I said, my goodness, man, learning about all these new different foods and everything, and it was like, man, then they were doing like tortilla magic on me. I said, this is crazy. Almost everything we eat, it's almost the same stuff. I said, but you guys are messing with my head, man. You lay it out flat. Told me it's a tostada. You fold it in half, said it's a taco. You roll it up tight, said it's a taquito. You made pour some sauce on it, told me it was an enchilada. Man, you made it bigger, it was a burrito. It's like, come on, man, y'all messing with me. I'm eating the same stuff, man. Stop playing. But God, <laughs> amen, but God is good. Amen. 
It's good to get it. It's all right to laugh in the house of God. Amen. I mean, just think about it. God has to have a sense of humor. He saved us. Amen. So that, that's got to be worth something. We looked down and saw all of the mess in our lives and said, you know, I think I'm going to save that guy. I think I'm going to save that girl. So we are so blessed to be in the house of the Lord. And I thank God for my wife here, my beautiful wife and my daughter uh, that are here with me. Amen. Uh, my, my wife and I, on the 13th of this month, we just celebrated our 34th wedding anniversary. So, amen. So 34 years. Uh, man, you know, she should get like an award. She's been putting up with me for 34 years. Can you, I mean, there, there has to be something they can do for her. Amen. So, amen. But I'm blessed to be here. And uh, I want to do a song. Is it okay if I do a song before we get into the word today? And uh, so, you know, I, I like gospel music. So I hope y'all like gospel music too, because that's what I sing. Uh, hallelujah. But uh, we're going to have a good time in the Lord today. I really believe that God has given me a word. I've been right here, man, kind of wrestling, but it's like the Lord keeps taking me back to this message, taking me back to this message. And I'm like, man, I don't know, Lord, maybe I should preach something else, but I think God has a word for you today. Amen. That the Lord has a word for you today that you came here and God wants to speak to your life. It wants to challenge you and to encourage you even now through these difficult times that we're living in and even more so now that we have to be the people that God has called us to be. We can't shrink back. Can I get a witness? We can't shrink back and allow all of the fear that's being pumped over the airwaves uh, to cause us to live our lives contrary to what God has asked of us. Uh, we have to rise above that and stand on the word of God. Uh, and as I tell people all the time, don't put more faith in the CDC than you do in G-O-D. Oh, that's a good place to clap your hands at right there, you know. Let's, let's, amen. I, I, don't get me started. <laughs> Anybody ever made any mistakes in their life? I mean, if you ever made mistakes, this song is a song you can identify with. So I don't know about y'all, but I done made a bunch of mistakes. So, but I'm going to go ahead and bless y'all with this song. Go ahead and give me that track, young man. Okay, you good. You, there we go. Give me some more. Don't be stingy with that sound, brother. I need to hear it over here on this monitor. Pastor Jerry, charge you for turning this up. There we go, brother. That's good. The song is called Clean Up. Here's what it says. I gotta clean up what I messed up. Started my life over again. I gotta clean up what I messed up. Started my life over again. You got a verse that says this. I made up my mind I ain't cheating no more. Because a cheater, he can't make it through the door. Yeah, I got to clean up. Hey, Lord. What I messed up. I'm starting all over. Starting my life. I gotta clean up, yeah. What I messed up. I'm starting all over. Starting my life over again. I like what the second verse it says this. I made up my mind. I ain't running no more. Going back to church, y'all. Gonna walk right through the door, yeah. I got to clean up, hey, Lord. What I messed up. I'm 
starting all over. I gotta clean up, hey. But I messed up. I'm starting all over. Over again. Just one more verse that says this. Made up my mind. I ain't lying no more. <laughs> because a liar, he can't make it through the door, yeah. I got to clean up, yeah, Lord. But I messed up. I'm starting all over. Anybody want to start over again? Yeah, Lord. I'm starting all over. Over again. I'm going to clean up, yeah. That feel like I do. Let's do better. Oh, here we go. We're going to take this to the bridge one more time and say this. Those of you that feel like I do. Let's do better. Can I get a witness? I know we can do better. Yes, we can. Help me sing. I gotta clean up. Yeah, Lord. When I messed up, I'm starting all over. Starting my life over again. Anybody wanna start over again? Hey, Lord. When I messed up, I'm starting all over. Starting my life over again. I'm gonna clean up. Yeah. What I messed up. Anybody want to start over again? Hey, Lord, I got to clean up. Yeah. I'm starting all over. Over again. I'm going to start it all over again. Yeah. I'm going to clean up all those things I messed up in my life. Yes, I am. I wish somebody in the church would help me sing it one more time and say, I got to clean up. Hey, Lord. When I messed up, I'm starting all over. Starting my life over again. Anybody want to start over again? Clean up. Yeah, Lord. When I messed up, I'm starting all over. Start it all over again, yes. Oh, come on, if you love the Lord, give him a good praise right there. Mm. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't ever mess up? But the beautiful thing is that God is not the God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance. That means that no matter how many times I fall short, there's still another chance. There's always another opportunity to make things right with God. It doesn't matter how many times, and I know some of us, maybe we got a little bit more failures than we care to admit, and we don't do stuff right, and say we wasn't going to do it no more, did it again anyway. Come on, help me somebody. Pray, God, forgive me for this. I promise I won't do it again. Did it again. Hallelujah. But ain't it so good to know that God still, I mean, he's not like you and I. Uh, he's, he's not like us. If, if it was up to us, we got tired of forgiving somebody. Well, we got people today, we hardly talk to them. You know what? I am got sick and tired of him. 
I told him to stop doing that. He did it again. I told him if he'd do it one more time, I was cutting him off. Guess what? Cut him off. <laughs> so good to know that God doesn't behave that way with us. There's always another opportunity. And so we're constantly trying to learn how to be more forgiving. We're trying to learn how to be more loving. We're trying to learn how to be more accepting. We're trying to learn how to get over those types of little idiosyncrasies that we have and all that stuff that causes us to distance ourselves from the people who we know that ultimately we need them in our lives. Some of us, man, we distance ourselves from family members because they just got on our nerves. He said, I had enough of you. But today I want to talk to you out of the book of Acts, 15th chapter. Uh, I'm gonna, I want us to go to the 15th chapter and to the 36th verse in the book of Acts. And I want to talk about a young man that I think is a very, very tremendous role model uh, for us uh, when it comes to the idea of perseverance. Perseverance. How many know you need to persevere? You have to be the type of person who can persevere. That your setbacks end up being setups for your comebacks. You always find a way to still come out. Because God is always going to give us the opportunity. He'll always make a way for us. He's always providing an opportunity for us to do better, for us to succeed better, for us to have greater, uh, a greater future. But some people, man, we shrink back rather than persevere. We let other people's opinions stop us. Some today that we're not doing certain things because we're so concerned about what somebody else will say. Well, I don't know, Pastor. I want to do it, but you know, what would people say if they saw me doing this? What would people think if I were to say this? What would they do at my job if I were to pray for my food in front of them? What, 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 would, what would my boss think if I started talking about God? What would my neighbors say I know ain't nobody in here like that at this church. This, I'm talking about them people from them other churches I preach at, so they don't do that stuff in here. Y'all too holy and sanctified for that. 15th chapter. Uh, we're going to read from the 36th verse. If you're there, say amen. Bible reads like this. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would bless your word right now, Lord. You would speak to every heart, to every life, God, that you would move, Lord, within this assembly of believers, Lord, that are here today, Lord, but not only those that are inside this sanctuary, Lord, but also to those that are viewing online, God. Lord, our online viewers, God, that their hearts would be open and that your spirit would move, Lord. We know you're not restricted, Lord, or limited, God, by distance, Lord, and that even through this media outlet, Lord, you can move. So we thank you, God, and we give you the praise, God. We come against the works of the enemy, any demonic spirit that would try to hinder your word, we bind in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would loose the power of the Holy Ghost upon this service, and we thank you and give you the 
the praise in the mighty, matchless, and strong name of Jesus, the church said, amen, amen and amen. Well, I want to talk to you, uh, and my title is simply this, uh, Resilient, the John Mark story. Resilient, the John Mark story. I want to talk about a young man by the name of John Mark. Uh, in the verses that I just read to you this morning, uh, we find him uh, being a part. Uh, he had been a part of the missionary tour that the Apostle Paul and his friend Barnabas had gone out on. It turns out that John Mark was actually the nephew of Barnabas or, or the cousin. I believe they were related. As a matter of fact, let's, let's make sure that I get that straight. He was his cousin. And so there was some relationship, obviously a uh, family relationship between Barnabas and John Mark. Paul, on the other hand, only knew him as Barnabas's cousin. Now, they had gone out, and we'll kind of examine it a little bit, that he had went out on a missionary tour with the Apostle Paul and with Barnabas, and they were ministering in the city of Pamphylia, and something happened after they left there. For whatever reason, uh, John Mark decided that he no longer uh, could continue on the trip, and he left and went home. Now, Paul took exception to his decision. You know, sometimes when you don't do what people want you to do, some folk will label you. Uh, you didn't fulfill maybe what their expectation was of you, and so then you get labeled as a failure. Uh, you get labeled as someone who's not capable. Uh, they'll even, some people even put the word out on you. They'll even tell other folks not to trust you. Uh, don't, don't, don't trust him. Uh, no, let me tell you right now, don't use her. Because uh, uh, one time I was using her and she didn't do this or that. Or, or don't, don't, don't use him because one time he did this. Or he, they don't want to give you that second opportunity. Don't, but like I said, I'm so glad God is a God of another chance. So it doesn't matter who it is or how people might want to interpret your actions or how they might want to limit you. But nobody wants to be remembered or characterized by their mistakes. I made plenty of mistakes, but I don't want you to remember me for those. I'm praying that people will overlook my transgressions. I'm praying that people overlook the fact that I may not live perfect or I may not have been the perfect model over here or maybe I didn't do this right or maybe I didn't say this right because we all have those problems and sometimes we don't hit the mark. We have to be very careful to be sensitive to other people's failures because otherwise the light might shine on our own. But they were preparing to go out on another missionary trip and, of course, Barnabas, knowing that this is his cousin, uh, Barnabas decides, hey, um, I, I talked with my cousin John Mark, and, man, he's doing better now. Uh, he says that, you know, he's over whatever situation he faced. No one really knows for sure what it was that caused John Mark to leave and go home. But from Paul's reaction, it's whatever it was, he was not satisfied that it was an adequate explanation. So whatever it was, it didn't fly with the Apostle Paul. And so now Barnabas is saying, hey, um, why don't we, uh, uh, since we're going again, John Mark wants to go. Uh, my cousin wants to go, so let's bring him. And it's at that point that Paul says, man, you must be crazy. He said something like that. I don't know how it is, but every time I characterize people in the Bible, they always turn out black. <laughs> so... 
So Paul says, no, this is not going to happen. I'm not taking him with me. He's the one that flaked out last time. We are not bringing him. Now, Barnabas and Paul were very, very close friends. They had been working together from the time God raised them up together at the same time. When Paul was uh, uh, just getting saved and no one would trust him, Barnabas was the only one who stood up for him. Barnabas was the one that pulled him close and told the other disciples, hey, it's okay, you can trust him. Uh, he's all right. He kind of walked him in and got him connected uh, within the church and really worked with him and became a very, very close friend. But now, because of this issue with John Mark, they argue to the point that Paul tells Barnabas, well, I'll tell you what, then you take him. You take him. I don't even need you no more. You want to go with him? You take your cousin and you go with your cousin. I'll take Silas. And they split up. I always feel bad for John Mark because I can't, I, I mean, I kind of, I try to imagine being there and seeing this happen, knowing that the argument is about you. How discouraging must that have been for him? I don't know if you, uh, perhaps when you were young, maybe if you're a kid back, you're grown up and when you play sports sometimes down at the park with your friends, right? You know, there's going to be a basketball game or football teams or whatever it is they're choosing. And don't you always feel bad for that one kid? Because you know there's usually always at least one kid in the neighborhood that ain't no good at sports. He loves to come down there and try to get on team, but this joker can't run, catch, hit, throw, dribble, shoot. I mean, it's kind of like, man, there's really like nothing left for you to do. You can't do anything. And all the teams are being picked, and he's the last one there, and nobody wants him. They need one more player. He's standing there, and they're looking across the park to see they're looking for a straight, uh, uh, let me see, uh, he's, oh, you know, he's right now, uh, let me see, hey, hey, hey you want to play? And that poor guy has to be the one that's being overlooked and basically being told you're not good enough. It's in a similar way, I see John Mark experiencing something, of course, on a much, much higher, greater level but kind of a similar thought is being transmitted to him. You are not good enough. Your failure from the past still haunts you and you'll never shake it. Mm. Everybody in here, we've all had some incidents of failure or times when our behavior has been less than honorable, right? Everybody, you got those moments that sometimes the devil replay it in your head like a little video and you hate to watch it. You want to delete that thing, but somehow or another it keeps playing back in your head every now and then, and you remember some of your worst moments. But everybody, the truth is, we all want to leave the past in the past. John Mark had that time, man. He failed to meet that standard, and it, and, and it was a standard that somebody else had set for him. Apostle Paul was disappointed with this young man, and he wasn't shy about making sure that everybody knew it. It's discouraging to know that the people sometimes, and this is like, especially when it's somebody that you really respect. When the people that you respect most see you as a failure or useless in the work or useless for whatever it is that God wants to do in your life. And some of us even had to live with parents that were uh, not impressed with us. Come on, somebody. Some of us, there were the people that we really respected. 
parents who maybe said, why do you continue to get bad grades? Why are you so dumb? Man, why can't you be smart like your brother? Your little sister can do that, and you can't. And those things damage us. Those, those remarks, man, they stick and they sting and they hurt. But this is where John Mark found himself. But I love that instead of sulking and giving in to discouragement, he decided to persevere and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This young man said, I know that God has called me. I don't care what Paul says. I don't care what Barnabas, I don't care who it is. Nobody can tell me or convince me otherwise, but God has a purpose for my life. I'm here to tell somebody today, you have to be the kind of person that knows that God has chose you, knows that God has separated you, know that God has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter what nobody else thinks. I don't care who says it. I don't care how loud they say it. I don't care how many people they tell about it. The only thing that matters is that the God who created the universe, the God who called you by your name, the God who loves you more than anyone else, he's the one that says, you are good enough for me. You have a purpose and a plan. You might not be good enough for them, but you're good enough for me. That's why we persevere. People think we should quit, but we don't quit. We, wasn't, we weren't brought up to be quitters. We don't have that quitting spirit in us. Can I get a witness? So I, I wasn't built like that. You don't understand. I was not built to be a quitter. I used to think that it was okay to quit, but now I got the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And now because of the power of the Holy Ghost, I don't have that quitting thing in me no more. I got something in me that causes me to rise above every challenger. I don't see obstacles. I see opportunities. Hallelujah. I see a chance to do something greater for God, to shine for Jesus. That's what I see. This is the year to persevere. Oh, come on. I got a little rhyme in there. I'm a poet and didn't even know it. This is a year to be the type of people who persevere. All these things going on in our world. And this doggone virus. They constantly preaching all that fear over the airwaves. Ooh, you better be afraid. This coronavirus. Oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. We got an invisible enemy now. But it's like, I'm going, hold on now. I've been saved for 34 years, and I'm pretty sure ever since I got saved, I've been fighting an invisible enemy. <laughs> this, this might be new for you, but it ain't new for me. See, I've always been fighting an invisible enemy, so this ain't nothing, but this is par for the course. This is just what I do. This is what it's all about. Why do you think I'm praying? Why do you think I fast? Why do you think I'm reading my word? Why do you think I'm speaking faith? Why do you think I continue to speak over my own life, over every situation because I got an invisible enemy? You can't see him. I can't see him, but I know he's out there. He hates me because God loves Loves me, but I'm glad to know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Somebody ought to shout this morning. Glory to God. You know you was coming to one of them shouting churches, huh? You, that's what's gonna happen. You invite me, I'm gonna make some noise in here. 
But we can't let the mistakes of our past keep us from the blessings of our future. Amen. I want to talk about three things here real quickly. What did it take for John Mark to be resilient and persevere? He was just that resilient. You know the word resilience. Just, it's just really about bouncing back. Resilient people, they, they just bounce back. They have the same kind of challenges that we all have. They have just as many problems as everybody else, but they bounce back. They continue to show up. Some of your brothers and sisters, you see them smiling every week and you think they don't never have problems. You tell your, the, the devil lies to you and you tell yourself, oh, I wish I was like sister so-and-so. She don't never go through nothing. Oh, I sure wish I had faith like the pastor, man. God, he's always, God protects him from troubles and trials. Man. What you don't understand is that these people are resilient. They're getting hit like you getting hit, but they bounce back. They get back up on, they, they get off, they, they get down on their knees. They pray for the power to break through. They pray and they walk out somehow or another. They come out the house with a smile on their face. They just, they get, they just, sometimes they're struggling just as much financially as you, but they got a smile on their face. Their kids are acting crazy just like yours, but they got a smile on their face. Doctor told them some crazy stuff, but they got a smile on their face because it says it doesn't matter. I know my God is greater. I know what the word of God says. I know the devil is a liar. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to be resilient and I'm going to rise to the top. Somebody ought to shout today. I came to encourage somebody today to be a person who perseveres. Let's look at this young man's life and understand why he was such a resilient person. There's three things about him I want to talk about. One of them is that he learned to trust in the power of prayer. I said, he learned to trust in the power of prayer. Now, when I look at John Mark, I look back in the 12th chapter and 12th verse, and it says this. It says, so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Now, in this 12th chapter, this has to deal with Peter when he was incarcerated. Uh, he had been put in prison, and a supernatural miracle happened, and the angel of the Lord released him from prison. And when Peter was released, and he at first thought he was dreaming, he thought he was having some kind of an episode, he didn't know what was going on. He thought he might have been having a psychotic breakdown or something when he found himself outside the prison. He says, this can't be true. I was locked up. How could I possibly be out here? How is this even possible that I was able to walk right out of that prison and nobody stopped me? Ooh, come on, somebody. Some of us have come out of some stuff, and you scratch your head, go, I don't even know how this is possible that I'm not where I used to be. How in the world am I not addicted no more? How in the world am I set free from this? Oh, I wish I had a witness. How am I not discouraged no more? How come I'm not losing my mind like I thought I was? Because a supernatural miracle has happened, and the angel of the Lord has brought you through something you couldn't get through on your own. He get out and he came to a house. He finally ends up, he goes to the house where they're having a prayer meeting. And it just so happens that this house where they're having the prayer meeting is John Mark's mama's house. Yeah, this is his mama's house. (laughs) 
it's not a stretch to understand or to assume that John Mark had been taught the power of prayer as a young man. In fact, we could even say that he saw the miracle working power of prayer when Peter showed up at that door. They were in there praying for Peter. That's exactly what they were praying for. He had been put in prison, and they had a prayer meeting. John Mark's mother said, yeah, y'all can come to my house. Uh, this is what we do in here. So, yeah, bring everybody over here. Had her son right there with them, all the other people. They're praying for Peter, and Peter knocks on the door, and they say, my God, what a mighty God we serve. I don't know how the God answered our prayer. He set that brother free. He loosed him. He learned to trust in the power of prayer. See, he was born into an atmosphere of prayer you know it's good to belong to a praying church sometimes that flesh don't want to pray okay let's tell the truth almost all the time the flesh don't want to pray I mean when it's prayer time I can think of a thousand things to do I ain't lying stuff I never would want to do all of a sudden it's time to pray I'll clean the house I'll wash the dishes I go outside, sweep the dog on driveway. I didn't want to do that stuff till it was prayer time. Now it's like I'd rather be, uh, you know, you know, got to sweep this driveway off. <laughs> because the devil doesn't want us to pray. He understands the potential of our prayers. He knows that God answers prayer. He knows that it will elevate us and it will take us to a higher place. He understands that we can achieve so much more through the power of prayer. We're going to do way more through praying than you're going to do through worrying. I wish I had a witness. The Bible don't say if you worry, I'll answer. It says if you pray, I'll answer. But some of us will spend all day worrying and then lie to yourself and say you were praying. Ooh, I was praying about that all day yesterday. You lie, you was worrying about it all I'm sorry, I shouldn't say lie, huh? Is, is that word too strong? Okay, let me give it a euphemism. Uh, you weren't lying, you embellished. These days, you know, you got to soften up everything, man. I can't believe all the stuff that people are offended by nowadays. I was looking at a commercial the other day, and uh, it was from Uncle Ben's Rice. It ain't Uncle Ben's no more. They were like, oh, we're going to be more inclusive. It's just Ben's. Man, who in the world got offended by Uncle Ben? What did Uncle Ben do? I mean, how in the world is Uncle Ben a problem? I can't understand this. I mean, I'm looking at the commercial and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around who is upset about Uncle Ben. It's rice. I'm like, are you serious? Man, put Uncle Ben back on that box and tell him people to shut up. Grow up or... <laughs> Is that just me or I'm trying to understand how in the world did Uncle Ben bother somebody? He ain't did nothing. Just some doggone rice. I don't care. It's still Uncle Ben's. I don't care what y'all call it, Ben. Man, it's Uncle Ben's. Put him on the box. I don't care. Prayer brings strength to stand. Uh, it, it, it brings power and authority and also brings vision. You know, and, and Proverbs 29 and 18 says that where there's no vision or, or, or the people perish. I love the New King James Version says that where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. See, you, you, when, when God gives you a vision for your future, you know you have a target, right? Once I got a target, I got to focus on what it takes to hit it. 
So, so, so uh, uh, let, let's, say, let's say that I'm a young man and I say, you know what? I'm going to be a doctor. My vision is to be a doctor. Okay, so I can't cast off restraint. I have to restrain myself against some things because I'm a young man and my friends are going to the club. They, they drinking, partying, chasing women. They doing all this stuff. But see, if I want to be a doctor, I got to restrain myself against that. I can't get involved in that because it would cause me to miss my mark. I have a vision, so I cannot cast off restraint. And so if God has called you to something, you have to restrain yourself against certain things because you can't get where God wants you to get if you don't focus and Ooh, come on, I'm trying to help somebody today. You have to focus and put your mind on where you want to get to so God can help you get there. You can't just live recklessly and get where you want to go. And prayer will help us have the strength to say no to some stuff that our flesh want to say yes to. Can I get a witness in this place? Because sometimes my flesh want to say yes. And the spirit man is saying, no, you got to say no. You got to say no. And everything in me wants to say yes. So he learned to trust in the power of prayer. Secondly, he learned to believe that failure is not final. Oh, that's a great lesson. I said he learned to believe that failure is not final. In the 25th chapter of chapter 12 is where we see uh, uh, what happened here. We see this is the, uh, this, this kind of gets down to what happened here in the 12th and 13th chapter. We read from the 15th chapter, but look at what happens here in the 12th chapter. 25th verse, it says this. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, in the 13th chapter, in the 13th verse, it says this. It says, now, when Paul and his party set sail from Pathos, they came to Persia in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. This, this is where the incident happened. This was what had Paul so upset in the 15th chapter. Why, when Barnabas said, hey, let's take John with us, he wants to go, and Paul said, it ain't happening. I'll break up with you before I fool around with him. Could have been a very, it, this could have spelled the end of ministry for John Mark. Come on now. For a lot of people, this would have been, it's it. I'm done. You know, people get hurt in church. You know, the pastor, you know, he don't like me. I, I looked at him today and he didn't even say hi. I knew it. I knew he wasn't going to say hi because he didn't say hi to me last week either. That don't happen in this church because I know it happened in every other church I go to. I was a pastor for eight years. Trust me. I had plenty of people claim I didn't say hi. You looked right at me, pastor, and you didn't say nothing. If I had known this was going to be the result, I would have I'd have hugged you and kissed you too if I would have known you was going to do all this. But I thought you was a grown man. <laughs> this thing turns into a big episode now. 
But one of the reasons why he was able to learn that failure was not final is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, see when, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you always rise up again. You, you have, uh, uh, he, he had like a ship, he had buoyancy. Do, do you know what buoyancy is? Say, more of a nautical term, I guess, uh, as it relates to ships. Uh, typically, you would find that word there because buoyancy, uh, the definition of it just basically says that the substance inside is lighter than the substance outside. And it causes something to float. So ships have buoyancy. The hull is filled with air. And because the hull is filled with air, the ship will not go under. You, you, you've sometimes when you were a child, maybe you're playing around in the swimming pool and you got a balloon and you had blown up that balloon and you tried to submerge it. And that balloon fought you. The buoyancy was so strong, it fought to get back to the surface. In fact, it was so buoyant that if you let it go, it exploded back to the surface. Uh, submarines, they kind of use buoyancy in a couple of different ways. You know, the only way that they go under, they have these huge tanks that are filled with air and they stay afloat. But when they want to submerge, they push the air out of those tubes, fill them with water, and it causes the submarine to be able to go under. But as soon as it wants to come back up, it pushes the water out again, brings air back into those tanks, and it comes back to the surface. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. See, see, here's what I understand. I understand that wind in the Bible is always representative of the Holy Ghost. The breath of God, the pneuma of God. Pneuma, you know, like the word, we, they used to call tires when they first created, they call them pneumatic tires, uh, uh, a tire with air in it. That's pneuma, pneumatic so it was a tire with air because before that, tires didn't have air in them. Give you a smoother ride, you know, rather than them old, just hard rubber tires, man. You, boy, your back be messed up after a ride on them jokers. <laughs> but I understand that, that it generally talks about the Holy Spirit. So here's what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you that you got to be buoyant because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, so you got that, you got that wind, you got that air inside of you, you know, you, 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 you are lighter than the substance around, so you continue to float. It don't matter. They tried to push you down, but I got the Holy Ghost. You don't understand. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I know you tried to push me down. Devil tried to hold me down, but I got buoyancy. I just keep coming back to the top. That's why I persevere like that. That's why I'm so resilient, because as long as I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I can stand up in the midst of trial. I can stand up in the midst of testing. You can't hold me down. Uh, because God will always lift me up. Uh, I've been filled with the Spirit. Somebody ought to shout today. Uh, I wonder if we got any people in here that got a little bit of buoyancy in them. Hallelujah. They say, I can't stay under. You can't keep me down. Uh, I always find a way, uh, not because of me, but because of the Spirit of God that lives inside of me. I need a witness in this place. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody.
that buoyancy. Man, it's, it's, it's always inside of us and keeps us. That's why failure is not final. Failure is not final because I'm too buoyant. I, I just can't stay down. I don't even, I, sometimes, sometimes I don't even understand. It, it, it's like you have strength greater than you even know. You've been through some stuff that you thought you couldn't go through. That you, if somebody had asked you, you would have said, I can't go through that. If that happened to me, I don't think I'll make it. I don't know if I could serve God after that happened to me, but something inside of you, you were so, there was so much of the spirit of God inside of you, so much buoyancy in you that even after that thing happened, you still came back again. You're still rejoicing. You're still smiling. You're still in the house of God. You're still reading the word of God. You're still singing praises to God. You're saying, I don't know why, but the devil cannot take me out. God has put something in me that causes me to always triumph. Woo! Yes, sir! And when the Bible says Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and stood up and took on the Sanhedrin, he took on all of them Pharisees and Sadducees and those religious leaders. They had threatened Peter. You better not talk about Jesus no more. I'm telling you, that's it. Stop talking about Jesus. The Bible says Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up and took on the whole crowd. He said, I don't know. I said, these guys are like untrained and unlearned, but they've been around that Jesus. When, when it says he stood up, it was talking about like a sponge. The, 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 the word picture it painted when it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit is like a sponge. Uh, you, 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 ever, you put a sponge under the water. Y'all with me? Let me know when you done got tired of me and I, I don't know what you You put a sponge under the water, you submerge it, and when you pull it up, you can't stop the water from coming out. You don't have to squeeze it. It's pouring out. So it was saying that Peter was like that sponge. The Holy Ghost was in him. And so it was pouring out of him. And when he stood up, he couldn't help it. And you know, if you really want to make more come out, squeeze it. It's like he said, you think, you think the Holy Ghost is coming out of me now? Put pressure on me. Come on, try, try to stop me. Come on, put a little pressure on me. Watch and see what happens after that. You ain't seen nothing until you start messing with me. Because once you start messing with me, I'm going to start praying. Uh, and God's going to strengthen me more. And I'm going to preach the word. And I'm going to pray for the sick. Uh, and I'm going to believe God for my children. Uh, and I'm going to believe God for my marriage. Uh, and I'm going to believe God for my pastor and for my church. Uh, and I'm going to see mighty miracles happen. You should have left me alone. Hallelujah. Have me dancing in here, y'all. Hey, I'm 63 years old, but I still got a step left in me. Praise the Lord. I know he's like, ooh, he look good for 63, girl. 
Sister Nisi is blessed. <laughs> Go on, girl, shout right now. You should have just got the Holy Ghost right there. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> so he learned to trust in the power of prayer. He learned to believe that failure is not final. And finally, he was sustained by the edification of encouragement. He was sustained by the edification of encouragement. Let me tell you something. Don't undervalue the power of encouraging somebody. You see people, they're going through stuff. Encourage them. Even if you think they ain't going through nothing, encourage them. The Bible tells us we're supposed to encourage one another. You always speak faith into your brother or your sister's life. Don't let jealousy get in your way. Come on now. Don't let envy and jealousy and all of that stuff just because they got blessed and you're like, mm, I don't know why she get a new car. That's why you ain't getting one. Because <laughs> you can't celebrate somebody else's success. That's why God can't bless you because you're too bitter over something. You see, he was the cousin of Barnabas. And Barnabas' name meant the son of encouragement. That's what it tells us in Acts 4 and verse 36, that his name meant the son of encouragement. So Barnabas was that kind of brother. He was that dude. He was that guy. That guy who just talked good to people. He had a way about him that caused him to speak encouragement into the lives of people. When the apostle Paul first got saved and nobody wanted anything to do with him, it was the son of encouragement who came alongside of him and said, Paul, I'm telling you, don't let that stuff bother you. Don't let it get you down, brother. God's got a plan for your life. You didn't get saved for nothing. I'm telling you, God's going to use you mightily. You stay close to me. You just hang here with me. I don't care what they say. You come on in with me. Walk in here with me. I don't care what they say. If they say something, tell them you with me. Hallelujah. Because I believe God's got something for your life. That's the kind of man Barnabas was. So I believe that when his cousin, John Mark, was discouraged about that day, I believe Barnabas was right there speaking to him. He said, look, hey, John, don't let that stuff bother you, man. Don't let that bother you. I don't care what Paul said. Paul ain't God. Uh, he's not the boy of God. He got some authority. I know he's got an opinion, but he just got an opinion. God is the one that called you. God is the one that chose you. You can still do great things. Uh, forget, let, let him go on and take silence. I tell you what, me and you going to go together. We're going to go another way, and we're going to go out and do what God has called us to do. You just go on and stand up. Come on, somebody. I wish I had a witness in this place. Everybody ever been encouraged by somebody that said, don't quit. Uh, don't give up. Uh, don't let the devil lie to you. Don't stop coming to church. Uh, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop Stop giving, don't stop loving, don't stop hoping, don't st See, encouraging people are always willing to show mercy. They show mercy. Not just grace, but mercy. You know, grace gives you what you don't deserve. Salvation. Unmerited favor. Grace. But mercy keeps you from getting what you do deserve. You don't go to hell. <laughs> 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 
Grace gets you into heaven, and mercy keeps you out of hell. So even though, I guess a case could have been made that John Mark deserved a certain type of treatment, but he didn't get that from his cousin Barnabas because Barnabas believed in encouragement. And he said, brother, you're going to be all right. John Mark might have even felt like, I, I don't know, man, Barnabas, I messed up, man. I messed up. Paul is right. I messed up. I, I, I probably don't even deserve to be a part of the team no more. Barnabas said, that's enough of that nonsense. That's enough of that nonsense. We all got faults. We all have made some mistakes. Paul have made his mistakes too. You stand up and you be who God has called you to be. You come on, you stand right here. I'm telling you, God still got a purpose for your life. I'm edified. He edified that brother by encouraging him. And I want to challenge you today that when you see your brother or your sister going through something, I don't want you, don't talk down to them. Don't make them feel worse. Don't come in agreement with them about whatever the devil is discouraging them over. You got to begin to say, wait a minute, don't let the devil tell you that. Don't look down on yourself. Don't you say you're going to quit. You can't quit. You got to persevere. You got to become a person. You got to be better than that. You're resilient. You got the Holy ghost. Uh, you got buoyancy. Hallelujah. You can bounce back and be everything that God has called you to be. Mm. I wish I had a witness in this place. I came, to, I came to help somebody today. God allowed me to be here in Chatsworth to encourage somebody today. Because there's somebody in here that needs to hear this word today. Somebody here that needs to say, I'm still going to accomplish everything God has set for my life. I don't care what the devil says. Somebody in here said, oh, shoot, man, I got some buoyancy. Y'all, you better ask somebody. How you going to hold me down and I'm buoyant like this? How can I stay submerged when I got all this buoyancy in me? I got the air, the wind of the Holy Ghost. I, I got the pneuma of God. I got the breath of God inside of me. How am I going to stay? I can't stay down. I might float right up out this doggone pew right now because uh, I got so much buoyancy in me. There's so much wind of the Holy Ghost in me. I might not even be able to stay in this chair much longer. Perseverance. Resilient, the John Mark story. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to bring this thing to a close. I probably already went beyond time limit. It's the story of my life. You guys don't know. I get excited. Spirit of God, stirring my heart. When I'm preaching his word, and the next thing I know, I done went past the time. But I believe, I strongly believe in my heart that this was the right word for you today. I sat there in my seat, and you don't know how the devil was trying to tell me not to share this with you. And the more it began to happen, at first I was, I was thinking, okay, I better change. I better preach another message. I better not preach this. I better not preach this. But it just kind of, it's like the Lord said, look, if, if you're feeling that much resistance, you better preach that word. You better preach that word. The only one that don't want that to come out is the devil. 
You see, John Mark, what a resilient young man he was. He ended up going out on that missionary tour with Barnabas. Paul and Silas went another way. And I know the Bible records all the journeys of Paul and Silas, but that was the writer Luke. He was with Paul. So it's not surprising that he only recorded what happened with Paul. But there's nothing in the scripture to suggest that Barnabas and John Mark were not successful. There's nothing that says they weren't. He went out and he proved. He, found, he, he, he did what God wanted him to do. He was successful because he was resilient. In 1 Peter 5.13, man, the apostle Peter, he called John Mark his son. He says, John, he says, Mark, my son. So I think that Peter had a relationship with Mark before Paul did. Because when Peter got to that prayer meeting that day at John Mark's mama's house, I think he met him then and began to pull him under his wing. Started to disciple him. And he referred to him as his son. In the end, the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11, Paul is telling Timothy, he says, hey, he's telling him to bring some things to him, bring my clothes, bring my parchments, my books. But then he tells him, he says, uh, can you also bring Mark with you? He said, he's useful to me for ministry. Paul changed his mind about this young man because he was so resilient that even Paul had to eat his words. One day he had to look John Mark in the face and say, son, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry for how I acted that day. You're a great man of God and you are useful. I thought you weren't, but I was wrong. Most of us, if not all of us, can relate to John Mark's story because we've all failed. And we've probably all had people who tried to label us as a result. But if you trust in the power of prayer, can I get a witness? If you believe that failure is not final, and if you allow yourself to be edified by encouragement, you can be resilient and persevere just like this young man, John Mark. And if you're still not impressed by him, you can play a little something soft there. If you're still not impressed by the story of John Mark, let me tell you this. You know, the gospel of Mark that we read in our Bible, it was written by, that's right, John Mark. It was actually historians say it was the first gospel that was written that it was written before Matthew Luke or John this young man didn't not, not only go on to go out on a missionary trip with Barnabas and be successful this young man wrote one of the four gospels after that day having Paul say to him I don't want you going with me you're not good enough but because he was so resilient, because he was so buoyant, because he persevered like he did, man, Paul was saying, this guy is useful to me for ministry. Peter was saying, that's my son. God was saying, I have a plan for you, Mark, and I'm going to allow you to fulfill it. And that young man penned one of the Gospels. 
Man, what a beautiful story. Amen? What a beautiful story. What a powerful story of a person who's willing to persevere. I don't know. I don't know what your situation is today. I don't know what the devil is trying to use to hinder you. I don't know what obstructions you have in your life. Maybe a lack of self-confidence today. Maybe because of struggles in your life, you lack confidence now and you, you always think things aren't going to work out. You're always afraid to try something because the devil starts telling you it ain't going to work. And so you never get started on most of the things that you have in front of you. You just abandon hope before you even start because you say, this way I won't have to feel that sting of failure if I just don't try. But today, God wants you to be buoyant. He wants to put some of that buoyancy in you. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can achieve those things that God has for you. I don't care how old you are today. You're still breathing. You're still here. God still has a plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know some of us are in the fourth quarter. And it's true. We're in the fourth quarter of our life. That's the way it is. Once you're 60 and up, you're in the fourth quarter. Like it or not, that's just the way it is. But the fourth quarter is when you win the game. Come on, somebody. You, you win the game in the fourth quarter. You don't win in the first three quarters. You win in the fourth quarter. That's when the victory is won. So we still have an opportunity to impact for the kingdom of God. The question is, do you want to be resilient? Do you want to be a person like John Mark? Do you want to trust Jesus in every situation and still come out on top no matter what people say about you? I want to believe God for you. I want to pray with you. I want to believe that God can make you a resilient person and give you a brand new buoyancy that you've never had before. That you don't just come back to the surface. That you're like that balloon, man. You explode to the surface. And literally pop out of the water you came up so fast. That people just got to be amazed at how quickly you bounce back from things. Oh my God, I cannot believe that sister. Wow. After what she went through. What a miracle. What a mighty God she must be serving. They'll be looking and say, I got to talk to that brother. I need to find out the God he's serving because he came back from that. I can't believe he's smiling today. That's, that's what God wants. So I want to pray with you. And I want to invite you. I want to encourage you to come. I want to encourage you to come to the front. I just want to pray with you. I want to believe God for you. Don't let fear or doubt or anything like that keep you listening. If you know that God wants to do something in your life, you know, we by faith, we believe that this is the that this altar represents the place where the presence of God can move in our lives. And we step by faith and stand here. Not because there's anything that this is we put our faith here. We say, man, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be that kind of person. I have every confidence that God is able. 
And I know, I know in my heart that God brought you here today to hear this word. And that God wants to make you a testimony like John Mark was. You know, I hear a lot of preachers over the years that they beat up on John Mark because all they look at is the day he failed. And they don't preach about his whole life. They just talk about that day. And they embrace the Apostle Paul's opinion of him from that day. And they never look at his whole story. And I feel bad when I hear those messages. I think, man, why are you misrepresenting this young man this way? His life wasn't just about failure. His life was about overcoming failure. And isn't that what all of our lives are about? We're not failures. We fail, but we're not failures. Because I've learned something over the years, church. And I've learned this. God uses men who fail, but he can't use men who quit. He can use failures. He just can't use quitters. All through the Bible, all these failures God used. But that was because they didn't quit. They failed, but they didn't quit. Long as you don't quit, there's always a chance. Can I get a win? Long as you don't take your ball and go home. And God can always do something great. I want to believe God for you. And also believe God. You're here at this altar. Just go ahead and just begin to pray. Just begin to talk to the Lord. And if you're out there, listen, I want to make one, I want to, I just want to pray for one more thing. And I want to say that you, because you might be here today and you might say, man, you know what, Pastor Chuck, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying and I don't want to be a failure and I want to be resilient, but you know, uh, uh, really, I, I haven't really even been living the way God wants me to live. I haven't even been right with God lately. So I don't even know what I need to do. i tell you what you need to do. First of all, you need to say, I want to make a decision today to walk with God. I want to make that decision. I want to bounce back from that. And I guarantee you, you could just bounce back from that. God could put you on the path towards being the success that he wants you to have in your life and taking you places you never thought you'd go. You'd be doing things you never thought you'd do. All of a sudden, man, you know, your job, you're getting raises and increase and all these wonderful things are happening. Your marriage is flourishing. Your children are blessed because God is starting to favor your life. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Chuck, I just want to make it right with Jesus. I want to make it right with the Lord. I don't want to walk out of this place not having a right relationship with God. And if that's you, I want you to slip up your hand right there where you are. Anyone that's here says, I want to make it right with Jesus. Anyone in this place that says, I want to make it right with the Lord, just lift up your hand right there where you are. You don't have to lift it up long. Just put it up, put it back down. I just want to pray with you. I want to include you in this prayer and believe God for your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I guess we're all saved today. Amen. Bless the Lord. And we're going to believe God for these that have come and trust God for a mighty miracle to take place in their life. And God's going to begin to do something great. God's going to give you that buoyancy. Those of you are out there, listen, I don't care if you made this altar call or not. God's still going to move in your heart and move in your life. And I want to ask you to just believe God right now. Maybe you didn't come because you, you know, you, you, you don't want to get that close to folk. Hallelujah. Social distancing these days, bless the Lord. But we're going to believe God for every person in this place. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's just go ahead and begin to pray. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for every person, Lord God, that has come to this altar, Lord. 
God, I pray for your spirit, Lord God, and for your power, Lord, for your anointing, Lord God, to move in this place, Lord. God, that you would give buoyancy, Lord God, and strength, Lord God. Lord, encouragement, Lord, into the lives of your people, God. Father, Lord, that we would become resilient, Lord God, like this young man, Lord, John Mark, God. Lord, let resilience, Lord God, be our calling card, Father, that, Lord, that we would always bounce back from every attempt of the devil to hinder us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Build in my brother, Lord God, confidence and faith, Lord God, to overcome every obstacle and every challenge, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We trust you, Lord God. We believe you, Lord God, for your mighty power, God. I pray for my brother right now, God, Lord, that you would bless his life, Lord God. Father, begin to pour out, Lord God, a fresh anointing, Lord God, buoyancy, Lord God, in his spirit, Lord. Fill him with the Holy Ghost and with power, Lord God, that, Father, every discouraging thought, Lord God, be broken over his life, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, that you would give him liberty, Lord God, and power, Lord, to be every Everything you called him to be, God. Lord, victory, Lord God, in his family. Victory in every situation, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill this young man with power, Lord God. With authority and with anointing, Lord God. That Father, that everything the devil is meant for evil, you turn it around for good, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. God, that no opinions, Lord God. No outside opinions would influence him, Lord. But God, that he would stand on the truth of your word, Lord God. I bind and rebuke every discouraging thought, Lord, and every distress over his life, Lord. Fill him with the Holy Ghost, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, touch my sister right now, Lord God. With strength and with power, Lord God. Wisdom and might, Lord God. Lord, fill her with the Spirit, Lord God. Buoyancy, Lord God. Lord, a brand new buoyancy in her life, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit, have your way, God. Right now, Father, I pray, Lord, for this couple, God, I pray, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. God, empower them and strengthen them, Lord God. Lord, a fresh anointing, Lord God. Father, I come against the work of the enemy, Lord God. Every distraction and every discouragement, Lord God. Let it be broken in the name of Jesus, God. Loose the power of the Holy Ghost over their lives, God. In the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit, touch my sister right now, Lord God. Lord, I pray, God, for a fresh anointing, Lord. A fresh anointing of your spirit, God. Lord, a brand new, Lord God. Outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Lord over her mind and over her heart, Lord God, that, Father, she would not be hindered, God. She would not be stopped, oh God. But, Lord, she began to rise to the surface, Lord God. Lord, over every challenge, Lord, every test, God, in the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, have your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Jesus, I pray, God, loose the power of the Holy Ghost over my sister right now, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Resilience, Lord God. Give her a brand new resilience, Lord God. Your power, your might, Lord. Your wisdom over her life, Lord God. Lord, break, Lord God, every struggle. Every struggle, Lord God. Every lie from the devil, Lord. I cast it down in the name of Jesus, Lord. Loose your mighty power over her life, Lord God. Fill her with the Holy Ghost, God. Lord, encourage her, Lord God. Strengthen her, Lord God. Let her know that failure is not final, Lord God. Let her trust in the power of prayer, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Father, I pray right now, Lord God, for every person in this sanctuary, God, that, Lord, that your spirit be outpoured over their hearts and over their minds, God. I pray that this word, Lord, this word would resonate in their spirits, Lord, that even throughout this week, God, Lord, that they would begin to regurgitate the word that has been poured into them, Father. Lord, that when the devil tries to come against them, Lord, the God, that they would begin to speak, Lord, over their own lives, God. They would be encouraged and strengthened, Lord, by your mighty power, God. Father, make them resilient, Lord. Make them the people that bounce back and overcome, God. Lord, over every test and every trial, God, we thank you, Lord. We give you all the honor and praise, God. I pray that, Lord, that if there is one in this room, Lord, that does not know you, God, Lord, that you would begin to convict their hearts, Lord. Draw them close to your spirit, God. Lord, and pour out an anointing, Lord God, and favor their lives, God, in the mighty, matchless, and strong name of Jesus. Chatsworth Foursquare said? The Chatsworth Foursquare said? Come on and give the Lord a fantastic hand of praise. Amen. Once again, I do want to thank you guys. I thank, uh, uh, thank Pastor Jerry, Sister Julie. Thank God for the opportunity to have been here. Uh, my wife will be out there in the foyer. We have, again, we have our books and we have all our materials. If you purchase any of our books, we'd be happy. Uh, I'll be happy to autograph those for you. Uh, but we pray that you would stop by and see us uh, there in the foyer. God bless you and have a blessed day. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are blessed? How many of you are blessed by that message? Amen. Come on now. Come on now. Like he said, he came here to encourage somebody. Let's just uh, pray in for uh, everyone for the rest of the afternoon. Father God, we just thank you for this beautiful message, Father God, that you brought forth to Pastor Chuck. Father God, seal it in our hearts today as we bless those who are here and those who were viewed online. Father God, and Lord, just be with us for the remainder of our day. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed now.